And we are live. And welcome to PPG Adventures, show number eight. Number eight. And I'm on number my phone, so I can't see everybody. So, uh, Nick, go ahead and introduce everyone. Yeah, we have uh, PPG Grandpa, Andrew hey, Finnegan. John Trim's in here with us tonight. Kevin can fly. He's uh, in the back assembling a motor. Never trust the skinny chef. Shane's in here. We got Hello. Rodman Gomez, Bob Garber. UFO Paramotors. UFO Paramotors. UFO Paramotors, our new sponsor. We'll be giving away uh, some free training here this month. I like free training. Um, and 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 I guess I guess we need to know a little bit about uh, UFO uh, uh, paramotors. What is that all about? When did it start, and how long have you been out there? Oh, you guys talking to me? Yeah, go ahead. Give us a little introduction <laughs> of your school there. Oh man, a lot of people know my school. A lot of people hate my school. Hey, we're the home of the seven hundred fifty dollars training fee. Come train on our gear. Um, I've trained lots of students this year. Uh, I'm tired of the market being exploited by other instructors. Uh, there's a certain school I won't name, but I did talk to Nikki today about that. There's a certain school that, that uh, went up 500 bucks on June the 15th. They were already pretty expensive, I thought, and then they raised the price up another $500. I mean, come on, people. This is the this is the 20th century. It's a 2020. Uh, we're dealing with a bunch of coronavirus bullshit. A lot of people are out of work. Are you going to raise your price up 500 bucks? No, nah, not going to happen on my watch. So, 750 bucks. Come train with UFO Paramotors. We have all nice new equipment. Uh, we we uh, change our wings out once a month. Uh, we get new wings every month because students come in, they, they handle them, they abuse them, they, they kite them, and they learn to fly on them. So we switch them out, get new wings. Um, the motors are all brand new. So um, I've been teaching since, uh, let's see, 2013, 14. 14 um so yeah that's it so what what is what is your um what is your website uh several different ways you can get there ufoparamotors.com uh ppg.llc um paramotor.academy several different ways to get there for sure you've been you've been uh teaching since 2014 how long have you been flying uh, I've been flying my whole life, airplanes and, and aircraft. Uh, PPG, I got into it in like 2012, 2013. Then flew my ass off for a year and then decided to uh, become an instructor and been doing it ever since. Uh, Rocky Road at first, being an instructor, sure, everybody is. I mean, you know, you learn. Uh, but it's gotten great over the years and I love it. I do it every day, seven days a week. Um, I've got six new students this week. Uh, three from Florida, right down there in uh, somebody's backyard. I won't mention no name. It starts with an A. <laughs> but he says, you know, they couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't afford that three thousand dollar plus training. So uh, it's located in Jasper, Alabama, just west of Birmingham, about twenty minutes. Do you have a public phone number that you can give out so people could uh, get up with you if they want to? Sure. Sure. Uh, hold on one second, guys. 
Let me let me hear this call just came through real quick. Make sure that wasn't me. Hold on. Can y'all still hear me? Y'all still hear me all right? Yeah, we hear you. We hear you. Oh, okay, okay. I just muted that. Uh, phone number 205-544-7882. That's 205-544-7882 is uh, one of the numbers I have. The students you can text on or potential students. But no, so, you know, 750 bucks, train on my, my gear. Uh, I don't have students break props. I don't have students tear up uh, wings in the, in the paramotors, knock on wood. Probably have one do it tomorrow. Um, because I, cause I make sure they're ready before I launch them. Uh, I do have a nice Cloud Street winch. and We do towing here as well. Um, we just have an absolutely great time. Usually on Saturdays we're barbecuing with students. So every Saturday we normally, I normally put on a barbecue. We have a good time. So for $750, you get to fly on your, uh, your motors, your wings. Um, you get to be towed up. And how long is the school? I mean, would it be like two days? So, 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 so uh, typically the students are flying on their fourth or fifth day, typically. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, I did have some super troopers come through last week that flew on their second day. But these guys were phenomenal. These, these boys were athletes. They were in their young, young, young 20s, you know. Uh, Sounds they just like came me in. outside of my 20s. They, yeah, they came in and impressed the crap out of me, dude. I mean, they never had one failed launch out there uh, practicing and kiting, dude. They, they were just spot on every time. So I'm like, well, hell, why not? Let's do it. Uh, you guys know just as well as I know, once, once you get in the air, you can, you can have a chimpanzee control the glider if you're talking to them and telling them to pull a right break or left break, add power to climb, and, and add uh, decrease power to, to descend. You know, it's very simple. So guys did great. I mean, they, they did awesome. Uh, probably their fifth flight, they, were, they all went out and went fly on their own. Hell, they went and had a good time out at the strip pit. I just told them to come back in about an hour. They were gone. Great time. So, yeah. So you're going to give away some uh, free, free training, which is really awesome. Um, I know that before we started the show, you said that they're going to have to go to a certain website and sign up. Um, what do they have to do to, to get ready to, um, to try out for a, a, free, a, free, um, a free class? So, so first of all, uh, they, they need to expect expectations of 7 to 14 days, what, whatever they can do. Longer the better. Because you think about it, sometimes at this price, you know, I may have five or six or seven students here at one time, which is a lot of times I do. Uh, probably the only free days I ever get is a rain day. Uh, so typically, I used to start at nine in the morning, but I've found lately that the, the dew's been so bad on the, on the gra- ground at night time, the, the grass is not dry to about 10 in the morning. So now we're getting started about 10 every morning and we're out here all day till dark. Uh, actually, I was hoping that I would have had some students out tonight, and I was going to do some uh, live video of, of you guys seeing some students, but we had a rain day today, and about, you know, two or three o'clock, the rain came in and just kind of wet everything down, and when that happens, I don't, I don't press my wings out, out through the, through the, uh, rain, and let them get sopping wet, and, you know, all that, so, uh, I try to take care of my equipment, 
But seven to 14 days, you know, uh, push for the 14 if they can. Uh, they'll get more flights in. Uh, I have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. I have five paramotors uh, all the way up to dual start Monster 185, all the way down the top 80s, several top 80s, um, and se several bigger engines for the bigger guys, uh, two, two Monsters. Uh, one Corsair 172, uh, two or three top 80s. So plenty of units, plenty of wings. Uh, I, I train with the McParry Chargers. Uh, it's an awesome wing for students, in my opinion. Right here's some rain there. Um, but anyway, the moral of the story is that if they want to come train for free, they're going to have to sign up for the USPPA and, and get their uh, PBG1 at least while they're here. And possibly their PBG too, depending on how, how, how many flights they can get in and, and um, how well they adapt and learn, how fast they learn. But the one requirement I will have is you need to get the USPPA rating from me while you're here. Other than that, pay for your lodging. Everything else is on me. So um, how close is the lodging around you? So, so we have, I have worked out a deal with, with, a, with a guy up, up in, on the lake that has some cabins. Uh, a lot of people like them. They're called uh, Lakeshore uh, Cabins and RV. I think it's like 300 bucks a week. Uh, real nice cabins wow. right on the lake. Uh, the, I haven't been up there yet, but the guys say they have a pretty awesome time at swimming and stuff when uh, they go back in that evening. Uh, you know what I'm saying? 300 bucks a week? That's a hell of a vacation. Thank yeah, you. I think so too. You know what I mean? So, so for, you know, say two weeks, 600 bucks, plus whatever your food and stuff, and you get to spend uh, two weeks in a cabin on the lake and learn to fly paragliders, oh, <laughs> I can't beat that, can you? That's no. water and electric included. Good Lord. I just move up there. Live there full yeah, time. Yeah. So, so, you know, <laughs> fly from your backyard, you know. hell yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> so what's the, what's the largest um, person that you would – train i mean is there a weight limit so no i had a guy from new york he flew the other night actually he'd been here for a, a good week or so or better and then he left and went down to visit some friends down south and he traveled back and forth on, on our bad days and and he was two i think 240 pounds plus uh, maybe 220 he says 2 220 but i think he's a little heavier good guy uh i've got a bigger unit for him uh, can cook makes a nice frame for the wider students. I say, guys, it's a little heavier. Uh, the biggest wing I got right now is a 31 meter charger, but I do have an APCO 42 meter tandem play. If you really, guys, really, really big, <laughs> you know what I mean. So I, I'm gonna say probably 240 ish, 250 ish, no problem. Is your max? So, as as long as he can run. And he's willing to put in the work to train. I have no problem with it. Oh man, I'm I'm two thirty. I'll foot race any one of you on this show right now. Hundred bucks. Who, who, who was that crazy Shane back there? Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> crazy <laughs> I thought that's what I was. I'll accept <laughs> that. I'll accept that. Dude, well, I, I got can you, run. Crazy. I'm two hundred and thirty pounds. <laughs> I can run. I will bet anyone on this show they cannot uh, beat me in a. What what, uh, what meter wing are you flying? Uh, twenty seven Nuvic uh, Link Two. Uh, Oh, you must be flying on that thing. Yeah, I, I, I have been told it's a fast wing. 
I got you. I'm trying to figure out why my phone's not charging. Hold on a second, guys. Anybody want well, to try to earn a hundred bucks? I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was, I'm willing I was just, to race I was you. Just thinking, I was just thinking, Shane. I I, I want to race you. Um, no, and well, this is, we can do that. This is the this is the way to race. Is that we um, is we get ready to launch? We'll do a forward launch and we'll run on the ground as long as we possibly can. When we can't run no more, we just take off. So the last person that's still running on the ground wins. I'm talking a foot race, not a dang. That's a foot race because when I'm tired, no. I'm going to sit down and fly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna sit down and have a right. beer. <laughs> hey, so, so hey, let, let's talk. Let's talk about sitting down. Hey, Kevin. Kevin, what's up, bud? Yeah, Kevin so, can fly. So, let, so yeah, Kevin can fly. So let's talk about sitting down. So the last few students I've had have been knuckleheads. A couple of them, and, and they want to sit down early. And I don't care if you tell them right before they fucking launch, don't sit down. They still want to try to sit down. Exactly. Uh, you guys having you guys have any of that problem when y'all are training? It, it's it's a it's a reflex. It it really is. It's like um, it, it's like a, a doctor hitting your knee. It's like trying to not let your knee your your foot go up. It's just a reflex. As soon as you feel you know a little bit of that tension on your butt, you're like oh, it's time to sit. It's just it's just a reflex. I don't so, I don't know whatever started that. I, I I try to tell students, look, let it carry you in the air. Do not sit down. You know, they just sit, 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 sit. You know what the trick is. Make them, make them loosen the leg straps up a lot because then when the motor takes their weight, it forces them to hang from the straps. It doesn't allow them to sit into the seat. Yeah, the problem with that is I, I, I don't want them to uh, have an issue of trying to get into their seat and not be able to get into it because the straps are too loose. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I had one student several years ago that uh, we thought the – the harness was big enough, and it wasn't. He, he had to fly around uh, hanging out of his seat, and then I had to bring him in and land him still out of his seat, which is no problem. But uh, I, I'm just worried about students not being able to get in their seat if they're, if they're too loose. I tell them that their, their initial flight, if they get in the seat, they do, and if they don't, they don't, because the initial flight is nothing more than one single circuit. If they, get in the, if they get in the seat and they're enjoying themselves, I have them kick their feet. That lets me know they're having a good yeah. time. Yeah, I do, that. Them, I do that too. You know? Then I'll give them 10 minutes to feel out the wing. That way, when they do come for approach, nothing is, you know, startling. But loose, so, loose, leg, loose leg straps and let them hang from their balls. I mean, the first couple of flights, I tell everybody, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's just the way it is. Once you I get proficient, you. the comfort comes to you. But motor right. walks are uncomfortable. The motor's heavy. Power off practice launches when you go from a kiting harness to the actual motor you know you lose feel you don't have the, you don't have the touch of your hips any longer because you're now carrying that weight through the motor so i just tell them straight off the bat that you know they expect to be uncomfortable and then comfort comes with proficiency right yeah well, that's true so uh so i didn't realize you were instructor as well so i try to play I, I try. I take it you're probably not too happy with my uh, with my training fees that I'm charging. Well, you're on the opposite I, end of the country from me. It doesn't affect my business huh. one bit. I I got you. Okay, good, good. Because I mean, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but I really don't care if I do hurt their feelings. If that makes sense. I just, I just, it's it's fine. I just tell people they get what they pay for when they come to your school. It's all good. I don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, they do get what they pay for. They get to have a great fucking time. 
that's the whole that's the whole goal. I so I, I honestly yeah. I'm I'm one of those guys that I'll tell you flat out. I don't like the bagging in the industry. I don't like the instructor on instructor, one guy's better than the other nonsense. I think right. everybody who is an instructor is obviously a great pilot or they shouldn't be an instructor. And you're, you know, based on where you live in a location, it should really dictate who you kind of go see because I don't think, and, and this is no dig on Eric, but I don't see a purpose to send somebody from Seattle all the way to Florida, go fly in Florida conditions and Florida elements in a Florida situation and then send them back to Seattle where they're going to be in a rotor bowl or somewhere where it's not right. the same as they trained. It's not what I call a real world experience. And then when they go out and try to fly, they wind up cutting up their glider, cutting up lines, okay. breaking a prop. Immediately they want to sell their gear. This sucks. I didn't get trained. That's the first thing you hear is I didn't get trained. And it's not that you didn't get trained. It's that you got trained in an environment that wasn't what we call a real world scenario. And so that's where like when Dell takes people right. to the beach and talks about kiting up a pole, sure, whatever, you're in laminar winds on the coast. Go to an actual airport that has actual trees or you know, whatever, and actually feel the rotor, actually feel the flight. That's right. You know, yeah. a much broader standing than just, I can fly in 30 mile an hour beach winds. That's great. Yeah, whatever. yeah, Any, anybody scenarios. can do this. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, I just did beach flight last week, right. and I've always flown inland. I went to beach, and I mean, that's a world of difference. It's so much easier. Isn't it? Yeah, Everything how you just stand and kite. Your launch, your wing just comes up, parts itself over your head, and maybe a little centimeter here or there for a break. It just flies. It's not to mess with anything. You go inland, you get rotor, right. you get thermals, you get switchy winds. You start dealing with all kinds of stuff. And when you teach somebody how to compensate and deal with those things through training, then when they go on their own, they're not combating them. When you go teach someone straight at the beach and they're kiting only laminar winds or in a huge field like aviators wide open basin and then they go like i say go someplace that has rotor or someplace that has some turbulence and then they're they're having a struggle and i don't want to see people struggle i want to see people have a good time so i tell them like i said the, the hard part comes with the kiting the hard part comes with getting to know the motor and get used to the motor and then once you get past all the uncomfortable then proficiency comes right and and they find out when they finish that first day of kiting that they sweated off five gallons of water. They didn't bring enough <laughs> water. They wore pants yeah. thinking that it was going to be a cool day. Nope. And <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Nope. You get to go home with that, that hydration headache that freaking puts you out on the couch straight away. And that's I, always tell students, I always tell students the first day is hell day, kind of like going to boot camp. Uh, first day? How about the first, first four days? First four days yeah. was hell. I always tell everybody until they lock the kiting skill down and they're able to actually just kind of kite the wing, they're going to run, they're going to jog. It's going to be a whole bunch of effort. They're going to be really uncomfortable. Just get, uh, just accept it, you know? Right. It, it sounds it sounds like going to a school is a lot different than the way that I got trained. The way I got trained is I hired an instructor that was two hours away. He let me borrow a wing. Uh, over the course of four months, I practiced – kiting and uh, I'd go up and see him every once in a while and he would you know give me tips and tricks and then when it's time for me when I was very proficient with that wing it was time for me to go fly and he was in my ear for the first three flights which was great for taking off and landing um, I have no idea what it's actually like to be in a paramotor school so can you do me a favor and kind of give me a you know what is what is 
your school actually like for the first three days? I mean, is it like a lot of reading? Is it going out and kiting? What is it exactly? Cause and, I, I and, and how many students do you have in one class? <laughs> Uh, well, the, the students the students will, will be depending on what students are here from last week or, or new students that came in this week. Uh, I don't set a day for students to come in. I tell them to show up, if that makes sense. So I'm like, hey, show up. You fall right in class. So that's what they do. They come in, they fall right in class. Uh, typically the first day, uh, I work with a student, or, or I may have another student, student come and um, – Come over and um, we'll see what's going on with a little skinny chef there. It's like a dog's done pissed him off. <laughs> laying in the dirt. Dog is laying in the I dirt. I got you. Sorry. I'm, all bad. right. I'm all right. Sorry. Back to Hey, you had me all sidetracked with that. Get over here. <laughs> all right. Let me get back there. So typically, typically oh, shit, phone's falling. Typically, a student shows up. I may have old Nick over there or, 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 or somebody go out there and show the student how to lay the wing out. Uh, not that I can't do it, but I'm going to say Nick was here for three days. I'm going to say, Nick, go over and show the student how to lay the wing out for me, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch you tell him. And that way, I am Oops. I'm getting what Nick's learned. In other words, he's, te- he's telling this student how to lay the wing out, I'm understanding that Nick comprehends how to lay a wing out and, and how, how, and he knows. So when he goes home, he's not going to be wondering how to lay a damn wing out or how to get into the, to the wing. Does that make sense? You let each of the students kind of help instruct each other a little bit. Well, yeah, everybody's getting their, yes, everybody's giving a little input. Uh, you, You may be here the, you may come and you'll hear a student has been here four days. You may see a student across the field over there talking about hands up, let it fly, or right break, left break. Everybody helps everybody, and it's always been that way. And I think everybody learns a lot uh, faster and, and, and a lot more effective when you got other other people helping other people, if that makes sense. You, you learn quicker when you teach. Well, yeah, and, 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 and what I do is, is, I mean, I got a bunch of wings, but sometimes I'll pair maybe two two guys up, maybe three guys up, and one guy may go and, and kite for four or five runs. And hell, he's done, you know what I mean? So next, he'll come back, and the next guy will do four or five, and they'll help each other lay their wing out. Uh, just a good time. I don't know how else to explain it. You'd have to come and see it, but it works. What if they it already have the, well. what if they already have a wing and a motor and they want to learn on their own stuff that they bought from I don't know maybe eBay? Uh, seven hundred fifty bucks. But they need to bring their shit because uh, you wouldn't believe how many students showed up this year with stuff that was not right. That I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't let my worst enemy fly on it. Give give us an example. Uh, there was a wing made back in like 2004, 2005, one guy brought, and, uh, it was crispy. Hey, it was crispy, but I wouldn't have flown it. Um, just some really, really bad stuff, dude. I mean, some stuff back in early, early 2000 wings, dude. I mean, my problem with that is some jackass sold him that wing knowing damn well he didn't need it. And that's what gets me in this sport. That's what bothers me in this sport is people will do another person like that, and it's not right. 
Would you suggest getting a new wing and a used motor then? As, as, as like if you're gonna if you're gonna go cheap, get a new wing, but a used motor. This is this is what I tell students when they show up. I have no they have no obligation to buy one thing for me. Nothing. Uh, I'll be happy to give them my opinion. And but are the students required to buy wings and motors? No. Will I will I tell them what I, I think is good? Sure. Uh, what's worked for me over the years? Sure. Uh, but yeah, as far as that goes, think about this. The wings the wing is what's saving your life up there, right? That's what you're flying under. So I tell students, look how look how much uh, abuse this wing's taken while you're kiting it. Uh, someone else already did that to that wing, and now you want to buy it, and you want to do the same thing and then fly it? You're better off buying a new wing and a used motor if, if that's what you can afford. Sure. Uh, I wouldn't skip you on the wing. That's that's what that I did. I, I went I went with a with a new wing and a used motor, and I I rebuilt my motor uh, when I first got it, just so I knew every part of it. And um, you know what? Oh, okay, there we go. There's there's something. Um, do you go through the motor maintenance and stuff in your school too? I do. Uh, I, I had a, I had a Corsair 172 that I eventually gave it to a buddy of mine here a couple weeks ago. But I used to use it, and uh, we go through. You know, I got some carburetors we can tear tear apart if they want, and stuff like that. Uh, to show them how to re repair the carburetor. I mean. Come on, it's two-stroke engine. All you need is spark, fuel, and uh, combustion, and it, it's got to run, right? Exactly. If you ain't got one of the three, if you got not got one of the three, it's not going to run. Uh, I've been doing A&P stuff for the last seven or eight years, five years, uh, at the local airport here, too, when I'm not training students. So I've rebuilt a bunch of airplane engines. It's not rocket science. As a paramotor pilot, you need to know how to work on your gear because uh, you will you have do. to work on it. Hit one pointer. Yeah, you know, and, and and another thing, I don't know if a lot, if any of the other instructors out here do it. Man, it looks pretty good, Chef. Uh, I, I'll purposely kind of tangle the wing up a little bit, and make the students get it, get the tangles out, even That's on their good. first day. Even the first day, I'll throw those in there at them because uh, I, I want them to know. Look, I'm not going to be at home to get that out for you. Uh, I had a student last week. And he was out there probably a good five minutes, and he's like, hey, can you come get this for me? I was like, no, I can't. So he spent another five minutes, and he got it out. But, do you, uh, teach, him, do you to... teach him the secret? The secret. Well, sure. <laughs> what is the secret? You tell me. The secret is going from your A-line all the way back to your risers and shake it out? Yeah. Yeah. Center, yeah. Center yep. line. Yeah. It's like yeah. a minute. So, so I mean, but, but I, I do that a lot with students because, look, uh, I don't want a student going home and thinking he can take the uh, lines off the mallions and and fix his lines that way. Oh, he ends up yeah. getting them all screwed up. Definitely never do that. And, and there's no. students that's done that. I'm sure there's people that's done that. They can't get the tangle out, and they'll take them off the mallions, and then all they end up with a big ass mess, right? <laughs> oh wow! So trust me, it's been done before. Never even I thought about. I mean, it's good yeah. to learn to untangle them, though, because when you're kiting, you'll flip the wing over, get things tangled, or you'll drop a riser through the lines, get it all tangled, and you learn real quick to get it out and how to lay it out every time and make sure everything's straight. I never even yeah, thought about it, taking the mallions off. Never. No. Yeah, they, it's been done before. I bet. I guarantee it's been done before. I, I don't want to ever uh, take those things off. 
Mm-mm. I mean, I've done, I've done, I've done it before. I had, I had, I did it the other day for a certain reason that I'm not going to discuss. But yeah, it's pretty simple. If you ever got to take your lines off, guys, the key thing is take a key ring, put it through your lines before you ever take off the mallion. Take the lines off the mallion. It's there. It's never going to go anywhere. You put it back on the same way. Then take the key ring back off. Make sense? Gotcha. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. You can only go on in one order and come off in one order. Yep. That's correct. Yeah. That's still, correct. still ain't gonna so, do that, that. That's the key. Yeah. <laughs> that's the key of key of uh, removing the lines from the mallions to keep them in order. The key ring. Yeah. So, so when it comes to very, when it comes to the lines, until I until I go to a school that you know I go to and teaches me exactly how to do the lines and and uh, you know and work on 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 gliders, I'm gonna send it to professional. You know, just like you said. So, so, just like you said, you know, that's what's holding me up there. Yeah. Let's talk about a post I saw the other day on one of the Facebook groups of, of somebody talking about adjusting their lines. Uh, I think it was the biggest, stupidest post I ever saw on a paramotor farm uh, talking about adjusting the lines because they stretched or something. Look, uh, that's going to get some newbie killed because some dumbass little newbie is going to think, oh, man, I can adjust my lines because this is how he told me to do it, and he's going to do it. And it's going to get him killed. Uh, there was a powered parachute year before last. Uh, the guy went and tied knots in all his a lines all the way across his wing. Oh my god! G- guess what happened? It's in frontal. He he had a frontal, and it killed him and his passenger. First flight. It's out there on the internet. Tied lines all the way across it. And if you guys know anything about a powered parachute, them things just don't collapse. They're very, very, very reliable in some rough ass weather and all that. But no, this one, this one had a frontal and it uh, it killed him and his passenger because he what? He modified the wing. He modified his lines. And and people yeah. talking about uh, readjusting your lines because they stretched and all that. It's not for a beginner or even advanced pilot. That needs to be sent off to a school that that does that, or not a school, but a shop that does that. And, and they need to be the ones that uh, does any adjustments on any gliders or anything. Yeah, you definitely need a rigger that knows what they're doing with that wing and knows what the line length's supposed to be. Right. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, I just had some replaced last week up at Four Winds, and I'll tell you, they do a heck of a job on uh, repairing lines and checking everything over. Yeah, so I think Four Winds learned from Elizabeth, Elizabeth over at yeah. right? Yeah. She, she sure did. She sure yeah, did. So. So yeah, definitely. I mean, she did. She did three lines on my glider, patched a couple holes in under like half an hour. I got you. And if she what can't those, fix what, it, what, hey, hey, what happened to those lines? And reason, why was that hole in there? Did you have a mouse or something that ate it? No, I had a small hole where I caught a rock or something on a takeoff, and then I had uh, I got you. a couple of lines. The sheathing was uh, my left brake line. I had about twelve inches of sheathing tore off of it. Due to a prop strike, and I've been flying it like that, but I really wanted it replaced. And went to have that replaced. She found a couple other lines that had little nicks in them, and she's like, "Oh, we should replace these too while we're in there." And just had her do them okay. all. How many, how, many, how many hours? How many hours did you have on that wing, real quick? I'm sorry, Shane. No worries, no worries. I think it's got about 50, 60 hours on it. Wow, okay. that much damage so, in fifty so, hours. <laughs> so all right, here's here's my question. So for those for those who have um, or need uh, repairs done lines whatever, what kind of price does Four Winds uh, 
charge for the at the glider shop to replace three it, lines $10 and a couple a line, of lines. Fifteen dollars line or what is it? I, it was twenty five. I had paid twenty five dollars. I had three lines replaced and a couple patches put on. So for let me ask you something. Yeah. Seriously, you can't be. Why, why would you not get your stuff checked? Why would actually? I think they're. I want to say their inspection is something like sixty five dollars. Don't quote me on that. That's what I was thinking. Right around seventy bucks. So is it really? So if you were, were paying a hundred dollars years ago. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing. So if you get your wing inspected, sometimes they'll just go ahead. If the if the repair is not that big, then they'll just go ahead and repair it and not even charge you for it. But I'm not saying that that's what every case, but I've seen, I've, I've just had this discussion not too long ago. Anyways, for for 65 bucks and to have your wing inspected and then the repairs, three lines for 25 bucks, that's, that's pretty doggone good. Yeah, that's yeah you can't beat the price. She, she does no. a really good job. I watched everything while she did it. and It was amazing to see how you know much care she took in checking everything over and and she didn't even do a full inspection, but she actually looked through the whole wing while she's at it, replaced the lines, checked everything. Hey, guys, let, let me go get a shirt, and I'll be right back. Hold on. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, pretty important. If anybody ever goes out there and buys something, uh, buys a wing offline, you know, uh, that's used, definitely just send it in to, to get inspected or like Nick said, you know, just that's part of uh, buying the wing is to make sure that the person that's selling it gets it inspected before you buy it. Correct. Amondo. If I'd buy a, a used wing, I'd have them send it to someone like that over at four winds and have an inspection before I purchased it or have it sent in and, you know, I'll purchase it after it passes an inspection and everything's good. That way you especially know you if it's, good. especially if, if somebody's selling you a wing that's just so good, it's just a amazing price. Wow, I get a this really nice wing for for only fifteen hundred dollars. Man, I better buy it now because before somebody else does. And then yep. you get it, and it's I'm looking it's I'm looking for a kiting wing. I'm looking for a kiting wing, kiting wing only. And I mean, you still can't find one for under twelve, thirteen hundred bucks. But they will literally say they're not flyable. If you're gonna do that, go buy a BGD seed for twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, just go buy a small cutting wing from like. If you get a proper cutting wing, you'll learn more. I, I I don't even know why anybody would want to buy a cutting wing. It's like buy the wing that you're going to fly. Fly, you know? I mean, yeah, fly it, yeah, no you doubt. Fly it in high winds. It's the only reason. Right, Andrew and I compared cutting wings when you're, when you're like. Like the winds are high, you're in the middle of the day at like an event, and you want to kite something. You pull that thing out, or you pull you you pull out a downhill wing, yeah. like a Firefly three, or there we go. Or like so, at one o'clock in the morning, we were so, out there kiting it uh, before yeah, the flying. Some, something that's not gonna, you know, like you're not gonna pull your regular wing out at that time. Or I guess if you kite your regular wing, you gotta also think about the wear and tear. How much are you gonna be kiting? Do you really want to kite on the wing that you fly or, on? Yeah, you do a little bit, but you probably don't want to kite, do it all the time. My thirty meter wing in high winds, I'm in trouble. So oh, two yeah. different two different colors. <laughs> oh nice. I, I will I will I, I will tell you guys that I just as a guy that finished school in November, I just turned fifty hours on my motor this past uh, Father's Day. I'm Very super nice. proud of that. Time for a uh, a rebuild now. Yep. Hold ahead. <laughs> 50 hours. 50 what, hours. What, what, 
So, so let's talk about oil for real quick for a second. I know it's a big discussion on the internet, but uh, um, what are y'all using? I use Saber. Yeah, and oil Saber and uh, 100 octane low lead fuel. I have to use I, the Motul 800 for my warranty. <laughs> you're using Avgas too, aren't you, Andrew? No, I use um, ethanol free and Motul. I'm using uh, Echo Red Armor and aviation fuel wow there you go so i'm using ams oil dominator in the top 80 and i'm using ams oil uh interceptor in the monster i, I tried the uh the dominator oil i just didn't like the smell of it compared to the uh saber no but i, I like the color of it so i know i got oil mixed in the gas the, the, the saber is nice and blue that saber is dark blue it's the same color as Motul 800, but it's got a really sweet candy smell. It's got a super high flash point, just like the uh, Motul has. And it's, a, it's a pretty good premium oil, so I, I, I really like it. This, this, is, this, is, this is what I use right here. Um, I use this. Uh, what I originally started using when I first started flying was the uh, K2. And the difference between the K2 and the Sabre is I would never – once you go Sabre, you'll never go back. Yeah, no more oh, cleaning the heads. Way, and by the way, look at my shirt. Is that cool? Is that like the coolest shirt ever or what? Come on That's down. Nice. Hey, hey, I like I like the uh, UFO guy. Yes. Yes, I wore that because of you today. Yeah, great. Look at that. <laughs> so every new student that comes through the school gets a shirt. Uh, right. out of my pocket, of course, you know, I make shirts for students. So I'm on the second round of shirts. Uh, so the first round, I didn't have any two X's. So this time I did go two X. So for the bigger boys, <clears throat> Jeff, two. me, I need a two X. Yeah. <laughs> I need a two X, but I'm not a big boy. I'm just saying. So I got the two X, uh, for students as well. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, look, it's free advertising when they go home, right? Mm-hmm. There you go. I'll definitely so, fly in one at the, at the shows and uh, at the fly-ins I attend. Yeah, you might get a you might get a nasty look from a few people. I don't care. I get, <laughs> yeah, I get I a nasty care. look because I fly a K two anyway. Yeah, what the hell, right? That's not really the reason why you get a nasty look. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna start <laughs> flying one of those air, uh, those Skytap Angels with the K two. I'll really get a nasty look. There oh, Viterazzi's making us all use this stuff for the warranty. Hey, so, so where'd Kevin go? Kevin, where are you at? Kevin yeah. can fly? Where are you at? Yeah. So I know they used to use Amstel. So have any of y'all remember so, so, several weeks ago I, I was talking about the uh, GTR, Paramania? Right. You guys remember that? Well, yeah. I, I, I flew a wing this week that uh, – resembled the gtr so much that I've, I've got to order one so i need to find out who who a gin dealer is and i and i need a, i need the wing what and wing it's called is it? the it's called the falcon gin falcon oh call call chris santa croce get it from uh from uh, uh what what the hell is it uh superfly chris is a, chris is a gin dealer and he will serve you up a great deal on gin products yeah, good. Because uh, the last person I spoke to about it wanted to send me uh, a dealer cost, but wanted to send me a, a used wing, and I wasn't going to do it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not all about that. 
you know, us dealers need a certain, you know, we pay a certain price, but I wasn't going to pay dealer price and, and then get a used wing. Wasn't going to happen. I'd rather buy a brand new one full, full retail. But let me tell you about this wing, guys. It is the most awesomest freaking <laughs> wing. I mean, I just, I don't know how else to explain it except put you under one and let you fly it. It was pretty awesome. The gin uh, Yes. Yes. Look into that I, one. Really, I really liked it. I think it's not for the faint. I mean, it's, it's not for the beginner. It's not a beginner wing, but it was an awesome wing to fly. I really enjoyed it. The amount of time I did get to fly it. I had a student come up from Peace Tree, Georgia. Uh, Gavin Kidd, if anybody knows him. Oh, Gavin. And uh, he, he, I taught him about three years ago. He came up and spent the day with me the other day, and he had one. Cool. Of course, you got on it. Now you want a new wing. Oh, yeah. I, I, I want a jizz on it right there because uh, it was so special. So wow. what, what's so what's so good about it? What's what's the difference between all the other wings? Uh, so I'll tell you what. So just to feel the brake pressure, when you pull that brake down, it just feels so solid, um, if that makes sense. Does it have tip steering? It does. Actually, okay. it has 2D steering. 2D steering, not tip. Or tip and 2D. So the tip steering is hooked to to the uh, to your brake toggle, and they both turn at the same time. If it makes sense, if you know what 2D is. Yeah, I I, I like to keep them separate. That's just my own personal preference, though. Right, I got you. So, other than the brake pressure feeling better, what else does it do? It just felt solid, solid as a rock, dude. It just, it's, it just it feels a, it feels like a solid wing, like it won't collapse. If that makes sense. What what was it rated? I don't know. Uh, let me look it up and see. I don't, I don't even know. The Falcon is a ceiling. Wow, really? It is. Yes. It's probably C-wing because uh, solid. That sounds pretty cool. It, it, it's probably the only reason it's probably a C wing is because it may may not come out of a. So, something just maybe quirky about it when they did the testing. It's Let's the see. it's the tip it's the tip brake line that comes through. So you got the two D and then you got those tip brakes. Those tip brakes are what make it a C wing. It's what it's the is oscillation deal or whatever. Is that what they said? Uh, out of the two, out of the two, I prefer the Gen Carve. I think the Gen Carve is a much nicer wing all around than the Gen Falcon. Opinion. Really, I I haven't gotten to fly that wing, so I don't know anything about it. Oh boy, you, you don't buy, do not buy a Falcon until you go demo a Gen Carve. I'm telling you now that Gen Carve okay. will blow the Falcon out of the water. Is that what JP's flying? Is it the Falcon or the Carve? Uh, I'm not sure what he got. I know he was was on the Spider, but I'm not sure if he got what what he upgraded to. No, he's got a Gen also. I'm not sure which one was it was. He? Hmm. All I know is me and Carlos here, we got a Gen Carve to demo, and that thing was a sweet ride. That was like getting onto <laughs> a brand-new Toyota Supra. Not quite a supercar, but right in that happy, like, got all the spunk you could want and still be street legal kind of fun. Did, did, did it uh, – did you have you flown the Falcon? Yeah, yeah, I flown the Falcon. I didn't so, particularly so did the care brake, for it. did the brake pressure feel like it did on the Falcon, on the Carve? Better. The, the Carve is better. It's positive. When you give two, three inches of brakes, you, you go the direction you ask it, and it does it right now. It's not scary. Right. It's, it's not right. scary. It's just really good positive pressure. Like, 
you know, flying my spider, what I get out of six inches of brake pull only yeah. takes two on the gin carve. I, I believe that. I believe that because uh, that was the same thing, the way the GTR was. Yeah, the, and, and we were flying it at, I think it was a 22 meter or 24 meter. And it was, even at a 24 meter, it was still a lot of fun. I got you. Uh, I'll have to find out who has one then. And uh, just why. Matt, so as, as Matt an instructor, as an instructor, how soon do you think it would be wise for someone to uh, go to a more spicier wing after they um, take their first flight? Uh, about how, how many so, hours? So, well, I, I don't say it's hours in my opinion. I, I go experience. Okay. So it, it's when that student feels like that experience. You can't, I can't say, hey, you had 150 hours of flying, go jump on a, on a, uh, you know, a very, very awesome, awesome, awesome uh, acrobatic wing. It has right. to be your experience level, what you feel like you're ready for. Uh, I can't, I can't, I don't tell them that because I don't want to say, hey, in 75 hours, go jump on this wing. That's then, right. Because, you know, for, hours, they go jump for, on that wing, they, they right. went to shit and they hurt themselves, and it's my fault, right? Well, yeah, because also, too, I suppose that, you know, for 100 hours, they go up to 2,000 feet and they fly around and they got their, you know, 100 hours by just flying around at 2,000 feet. So, so how, how are the guys actually doing the, the wingovers? They are going out and, ex and experiencing that themselves or teaching themselves that. So in order to jump on a more advanced wing, I think you'll know when you're ready. I think so. If that makes sense. Um, so it's not something I can tell when, you. Do. When, when somebody when somebody decides, hey, you know what? Um, I, I feel like I got the experience. I think that I could do this. Would uh, and let's say this one of your students. Can they come back to you and uh, and learn again on that newer wing, or how does that work for like advanced? Well, I, I, I actually I have students do that. I, that I'm asking all the time to come back and fly with me. I kind of miss them if that makes sense. So I'm like, get your ass back over here. Let's fly some more together. So, yeah, they can come back anytime they want. They don't have to pay any more money. I just enjoy the company. I enjoy the students. That makes sense. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so it's a positive positive experience we have. Now, I do have one little student right now. He, he's about 120 pounds, and he's been coming for about a month from another state not too far away. And he – he he came over the weekend, so you know I had students out there kiting, and and you know he's trying to tell the other students what to do, but he's not doing any kiting himself because he feels like he knows everything and he doesn't need to be kiting. And then when it comes time for him to fly, he fells two launches, and I go sit him down. And he fell these two launches. Why? One because he's kind of small, to be honest with you, and he gets tired real easy. But the second one is he, he's not putting in that effort of tightening the damn wing during the day and getting in the groove with it. He thinks he can just go out there and slap a motor on and go fly. So he got a little upset, and I told him, I said, look here, because I wouldn't let him go a third time. Well, the third time is he just, he's tucker, dude. You can see their expression, their, their body movement, so they're, they're done. You know what I mean? You guys, we've all been there. We're done. We, are not, we don't not have one more in us to try. So I'm not going to let him break my stuff, you know what I mean? So right. he's a little disappointed, and I told him, I said, I said well, look here. I said, if you want to go, go buy your own damn motor and bring it in here, you can try as many times as you want and break your own stuff, but you're not going to break mine. 
I said, you, you stayed out here all day long, didn't do any kiting, but you'd want to tell everybody else what to do because you think you know everything. You should have been out there practicing today because you've been gone for a week. You came back for the weekend. You should have honed in your skills a little bit better than the last weekend. But, no, you, wanted to, you didn't want to do anything all day. And I'm not going to force them to go out there and kite. Hey, it's their 750 bucks. If they want to sit around and talk all day, hey, that's your problem. Sit around and talk all day. But I'm going to give you two. Two launches. If, you're not, if you haven't got it on the second one, we're done. Uh, you can go sit down, and I'll move the next guy in line. Gotcha. Them, uh, I mean, that's fair is fair. You know what I mean? The, the, pros, on the, the pros of the hobby are always kiting. Like the guys that are kiting forever, 20-plus years, they're still kiting. So. <laughs> Yeah, so, so so the guys that, that make those real nice, beautiful launches is the guys that know how to kite a wing. Yes. If you know how to kite a wing, and what I call a kiting ninja, you should never blow a launch ever, unless the winds got real funky right before you started flying. Yep. Other than that, you should launch perfect every time. Should be not no reason you shouldn't launch that wing or get that motor in the air, in my opinion. Especially with the wings that are out nowadays, they're... Uh, yeah, dude, the, the Max Parrot Charger is the simplest freaking wing you've ever kited in your life. I tell people that when when they came out with that wing, that made my life so much easier. It's the most simplest wing you'll ever kite in your life. All right, so I have a question. Um, let's. I'm not going to do this for like uh, you know people that uh, you know never flown before, but people or pilots that have flown before that are still having kind of issues on their landing. What, I've got one here right now. I've got what, one here right now that's been flying four or five times, and he's from Texas, as a matter of fact. And he's came over this week, and he is joining the 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 school for the week, and. He's going to fly. He's going to fly, and he's going to land. He's going to fly, and he's going to land. He's going to perfect his takeoff and landings with me. Does he already know how to fly around? Sure. So do I need to send him up and let him fly for 45 minutes to an hour? No. I'm going to put him in the circuit, put him around the pattern, bring him back in, and put him down on the ground, set him back out, take him back off. What's the secret to a good landing? Energy. I, I say energy, but see, I'll come in with power. Uh, a lot of times I'll hold brake, especially on a fast wing. I'll hold brake and slow it down. Probably the last 50 foot, I'll raise my hands and let the glider speed up. And I'll fly in real fast, drag one foot, and be on the ground. Simple. Bleed off that airspeed with dragging one foot, and, man, you're, you're, you're golden. Simple, simple to landing you ever do. How about to a newbie pilot that's still having problems landing? What, what What's the secret that you'd give them? Practice, dude. So I can say it's not really nothing here, to here, tell them. It, here, here's, my, here's, here's my secret. Look at the horizon, not at your feet. Oh, yeah. That, that, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty obvious that was, that was my thing when I first started flying. I would look down at my feet, and I would botch the, the landing every time. Now I look at the horizon. I don't botch any landings ever. I got you. Uh, yeah, so, you know, uh, I've got students that came in. I mean, I've got students, shit, dude, all over the country that came here. I got one coming from California in a couple of weeks. 
why he's coming this far and how many schools he's passing to get over here. That's pretty nice, I think. But uh, he'll be here. I'll train him, and he'll go home happy. Um, very happy, I'm quite sure. Um, I don't know. I just, I just enjoy people flying. I enjoy people that smile on their face when they land. That, uh, that I mean, you guys all was there that first time you flew a paraglider and came back down and touched the ground. I yep. enjoy seeing that, that feeling. Uh, it's pretty awesome. That smile from ear to ear that you just yeah. can't bleed <laughs> off because you're just – just so happy is it was the best uh as a matter of fact um my, my very my, my most favorite picture is the picture that um, was taken when i just landed i had a grin from ear to ear and my helmet on and i was like you know what that's like the best picture i think i've taken in the last 10 years i was genuinely ecstatically happy i got you and every time i, I fly I, I feel the same way yeah i, I had one of the one of the little kids that i, I was talking about earlier that, that flew their second day Man, he, he come down, dude. I, he, they're wrestlers, and I thought they were going to give me a bear hug as much as they were hugging. Like, man, this was great, you know. <laughs> so I never I never had a student do that, but they did. It's funny. That's awesome. So yeah, that's awesome. I've been I've been really lucky the last couple um, this last month or so. The weather's been really great. Been able to get up in the morning and evening, do at least three hour flights uh, worth of flights every day. Um, in two weeks, I had over 25 hours on my motor just in two weeks. Oh, wow. So when you have to change a spark plug and do a 25-hour maintenance every two weeks, you know that you're, you you got to grin from <laughs> year to year. I love sure it. You're addicted to it. Oh, man, I am. Well, this is, this well, is great. Well, well, I'll tell you what, guys. When I used to live in Florida, I lived right there in the same town Aviator lives in. So that Lake Wells Airport was my airport before he ever got there. Uh, just so you guys know. And and I used to love going down there. I'd take off right before it get daylight. It'd still kind of be semi-dark. And I'd fly all the way to <laughs> 8 or 9 in the morning. And I used to love it. Uh, I just don't do that anymore. But I had my sh- my fair, fair share of it, for sure. Of just flying and flying and flying every freaking morning. What's your favorite part of flying? Uh, I'll be honest with you. Um... Uh, I like foot dragging, so I like getting my foot out on there and doing 360-degree foot drags and just four foot off the ground. I'm That's my happy spot. Um, you'll, you'll rarely ever catch me 800 feet, 1,000 feet AGL. I'm usually on the ground. If I got somewhere to, somewhere to do it, I'm there. I'm there with you. I've been digging the foot drags. Uh, hey, I got something too for you. Um, what kind of paramotor games have you guys done that you guys could suggest to people to to do when they were are finally like, you know, all they do is fly around. What else is there to do? You know, what kind of paramotor games can you can you think of or or have you done in the past? I mean, you know, other than you know the biggest uh, cornhole that uh, Anthony did. <laughs> well, we used to pick the ball up and and and. Uh especially out of endless foot drag, we'd, we'd, we'd lay out uh, something on the ground and come in and see who can – we'd have pilots in a row, kind of like a, a daisy chain. We'd come in and touch down on a certain spot, take it back off. Uh, we would do uh, picking up uh, a ball and, and, and dropping it into this area. 
uh, down at beach like, class, like, 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 a beach, Nick, like a beach, Nick, like a beach ball Nick. or a football yeah, yeah, or? yeah, big, big, big old beach ball, big ball. We cool. pick up with our feet, come along and pick it up, and then uh, just like Nick, Nick and I were talking about earlier, the uh, endless routed uh, beach blast, we we would pick up combs, uh, and and set them up on each other and stuff like that. So, and and that takes a lot of wind. So I mean, that's something you really have to hone your skills on. You go back and look at some of Eric DeFore stuff and uh, down at Beach Blast several years ago, back in 15, I think it was, 2015, when we had the last Beach Blast. We do stuff like that. Um, a lot of different stuff you can do. Uh, hey. Paramotor games. Or getting pilots Anyone involved. catching a balloon? The uh, Mylar balloons or a paper airplane? No, we never did any of that or drop the toilet paper bullshit like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dropping toilet paper is fun. Not anymore. Uh, yeah, never did that. You know, that's that stuff's too too a commodity now. You know what I mean? Hell, you mean you're gonna? It's <laughs> like that's like dropping gold. gold. <laughs> I'm gonna just drop gold and diamonds. Yeah. So. What the hell are you thinking? Dropping the toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, as a firefighter down here in Alabama, uh, we 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 had a. Uh, a store, uh, dollar store right next to our station, and they would save certain stuff for us firefighters for sure if we needed it. They'd ask us what we needed, and, and they would put it back during this corona thing. So we, we did good by having supplies, you know what I mean? Because they, they treated us pretty good as, as first responders. But why in the hell did everybody go buy up all the fucking toilet paper? Anybody want to tell me that? I still don't know. Like I'd have been buying up booze. I'd have been buying up cigarettes. I'd have been buying up ammo, guns, but toilet paper? Come on. Everyone's buying ammo. I know that. Nothing wrong with ammo. Yeah, the, um, no. the stores are still low on toilet paper. At least they are. Up there. They're still low, but you can still get it. Had anybody did any research on toilet paper? I mean, it didn't come out until like uh, 1859 or something like that. So, figure out they wiped their ass with something different than toilet paper before then, right? Corn cobs. Corn cobs. Corn cobs. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, maybe they had a, maybe they had a better the diet than corn. we do. You know, because my dog's butt is really furry, but he just spills bloop, and he just have no nuggets on his hair. I mean, he doesn't wipe. So, obviously, <laughs> yeah, they had funny. a better diet. That's you got thinking. that right. <laughs> that's funny. It's a better diet. Oh, that's funny as shit. So, so let's get back to the free giveaway. Um, so it's going to be two slots. Uh, they need to come in pairs if they can. Uh, it'd be nice to get the, both of them there at the same time. That way, I can I can pair up the two guys. They got, they're going to be on a buddy system. It would be nice. Uh, so you know, if you got like. Two friends slash two brothers. Um, I teach girls as well. Hey, it ain't can't just be guys. Uh, I've taught a 16-year-old girl, 15-year-old little boy. I've got a 14-year-old out there right now that's learning. This week with his uh, grandfather uh, and his brother. His brother just graduated high school. Grandpa's here and the 14-year-old's here. Uh, they're all down there from the Mouse's House area around Orlando, Florida. Uh, and they came up to train. It's always and, good when you uh, have PPG grandpas. Yeah, so the guys are learning. Uh, they're doing exceptionally well. This is their second day. Uh, I had no complaints. Uh, they're doing very, very well. Um, to be honest with you, I probably 
if I had a good day tomorrow, I'd probably put one of them up. Go ahead and put one in the air. You know what I mean? Uh, that's, that's how good they're doing. Um, they're doing exception, exceptionally well. The 14-year-old, I don't know if he he's able to hold that top 80 up and get in the air. So I may do a, a tandem with him, take him tandem flying. Uh, I just don't – his body is so narrow. I think when he puts that unit on, I think the, the, the machine's going to hit him down the back of his calves. He's not going to be able to run like that, if that makes sense. So he's, he's so short. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to do my best with him. Uh, either I'll try to put him up or, I'll, like I say, I'll take him up for a tandem. Do some tandem flying with him and let him take I, over the controls there. I started my son kiting a little bit, uh, but he's off in college too. So it was just during a visit. I'd love to get him up flying, and he wants to fly too, but uh, I just haven't got around to it yet. Mm, if you're too scared to talk him up, come on down for the weekend. I'll put his ass up in the air. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you at? Florida? Alabama. Jasper, Alabama. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, I'm outside of Chicago. I got you. Hey, I've had people come from Chicago. Uh, I've had people come from Delaware, Iowa, all over the place. How are we going to give away the, uh, the slot in your class? I was going to do See, the, uh, the randomizer wheel like we do on the other shows. Get everybody to sign up, uh, get their name on the wheel, and uh, here in a week or two, we'll spin the wheel. Okay, so they would have to share this video, get people to come here, and what, you want to do next week? Uh, if we get 50 people watching, we'll give away, um, we'll give away a slot? That sounds good. Sounds awesome. Some lucky people. Absolutely. But we need at least 50 people watching. Yeah, and they need, they need to understand they got to pay for their own lodging, uh, get their own way here. Uh, I mean, I'll take care of everything that they need to as far as learning. Uh, I'll even give away – they'll even get some nice uh, uh, free UFO apparel. You know what I mean? Do they have, uh, do they have somewhere yeah. to camp? Locally, if they wanted to do that, so, yeah. So, so there, there is, there is a uh, the guys that came down from Iowa, the three boys, I call them. They camped out at a little place called uh, Clear Creek Campsite, and they did tent, uh, tent camping for uh, for the week they were here. That's nice. pretty cool. That's a nice option for some people. But well, those cabins you were talking about, the price of those for the week's not bad at all either. Yeah, yeah, cabin, exactly. Right? Yeah, three, three hundred big, three hundred bucks for that week. You know what I mean? And if they let, if they let me know, they're coming. And they want it. I'll reserve it for them. And that cabin probably comes. Just asking for a friend here, but uh, how much is an out-of-state fishing license there, buddy? Might be, might be a good vacation. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I don't even know. To be honest with you, I, I don't have time to go fishing. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, man. If any paramotor pilot ever wants to come down, dude, they're welcome to come fly my shed. Uh, as long as they know how to fly and I can verify they know how to fly. They don't have to bring a motor with them. They just come visit, hang out. Let's go fly. Or, or they can go fly. I'll, I'll be with students. Well, I can tell you that the first giveaway we have, I'm going to come down and film them for the show. And I'm going to bring my gear I so I can fly with them. I might come hang out with you there, Nick. I might come hang out with you. Guys are welcome anytime. 
anybody's welcome come come down uh i've got i've got one guy that just comes out and hangs out and he watches and he just comes to watch he, he just enjoys it nice yeah we need to film the progression of a you know whoever wins it i want to film their progression put it on on the channel here on youtube and show what it takes going from someone who's never flown before to their first flight well i'll tell you guys this and i see kevin can fly he's not here or he can hear us i hope uh I don't sit out there and bark orders to a student the whole damn time that I'm training him. I teach him how to get into his wing. I teach him how to lay the wing out. I expect him to progress and me not be barking in his ear the whole time because I'm not going to be at home barking in his ear when he goes home. So uh, a lot of times the guys will go out there and, and they'll be practicing and practicing and practicing. Now, if they need some correction, don't, don't think I won't jump up and – Go tell them real quick. But I, I don't sit out there side by side and tell this guy right break, left break. He's going to have to work on that. And they do. And they do just fine with that. I don't know how you guys learn, but that's how I teach. And, and the method has been very, very effective. How much How much uh, schooling do you actually do as far as, like, airspace and weather Oh, uh, we sit like around. And, we sit. We we sit around and talk about that. I mean, I've got sectionals that we pull out of the box. We all sit around when when the guys are not kiting per se. They're they're resting or something. We'll sit around and we'll talk about weather. We'll talk about clouds. Uh, as far as like, do I go to the classroom and, and sit down? Sometimes I will take them to a classroom, but a lot of times we're doing it right there under the tent on the field. I have two big ten by twenty tents we set up. I have fold out chairs. They fold out. I bring to to the to the uh, airfield every morning uh we set them out i bring a big cooler of water and drinks and sodas and ice and we just do it all day we're right there from fucking 10 o'clock at night or in the morning till dark 30 which as a matter of fact i'd still be out there right now flying students if the weather had been nice today there'd be students in there right now uh, I'm, I'm usually flying somebody every day uh so yeah we have school right there on on, on site uh, would they be able to do get their PPG one and two on site through a computer? Well, he, he, here's yeah, they can. Uh, I have I have a uh, tablet they can do the PPG one and two on. Uh, as far as the test goes, I don't give them the answers. I never have, never will. They got to work for those answers. So usually, when a student shows up, I give them a PPG Bible and say, "Hey, this is your friend till you leave. I need it back when you leave." And uh, they sleep with it, marry it, and and drink with it and go poop with it and whatever they can do with it. But, uh, that's their baby until they, they leave. Who, who was asking about the, uh, freshwater, was it freshwater fishing license for, for, uh, yeah, Alabama? That, was, that was John. All right. You're looking at September 1st to August 31st. You're looking for, well, hold on here. It's, uh, where the heck is Alabama? Why is it not coming up? I got Louisiana, Mississippi. Good Lord. I was actually on this, and then I just realized it's not for Alabama. Outdoor Alabama. I'm on the – literally on the site, but it's uh, it's not giving me that. It's giving me every other state around Alabama. Oh my God. Maybe we don't have any laws here. Oh, no, I've been there. I've hunted there. they got plenty of laws. Trust me. <laughs> I know. I know we do. Don't get caught with a fishing pole in your hand in the water. I, I know. I know we got plenty of laws here. <laughs> oh my goodness! 
Well, as the man with a badge stand beside you, you could be fishing. No one will care. Yeah, I, I do. I do that. I do. I, I do a lot of stuff with the uh, sheriff's office here on the side. So yeah. Well, well that one. In. I got this other one. Well, one of one of them. I'm getting out of the ticket list. That's my fire badge. If I can see it. Here we go. There is. So. Uh, let me look up, dude. I don't have time to go fishing, so I never got a li fishing license. And if I did, I'd just go fishing. I I'm not even taking get a license. I, I, I never. You know, if you come down for this, John, you're going to be out there kiting with everybody else. Yeah, you're not going to be fishing. I'm be kiting with Sean if he uh, comes. Freshwater oh. seven-day trip is 30 bucks, dude. Perfect is what it says. $30. Uh, hey, from nine one nineteen to eight Uh Public fishing lake daily fishing license, seven dollars and fifty cent a day. Nice. Yeah, I. Or you can, or you can get one. Of, if you lived here, your fishing license would be. Uh, let's see. I don't even know. <sighs> Sport fishing license. $25, I guess. Dude, you come to Florida and try to do... kind of a really far north Alabama, right? Yeah, I'm up <laughs> near, uh, near Muscle Shoals, west of Birmingham. So, nice. so, so the, the, the lake that the cabins are on is called Smith Lake. It's a very famous lake for uh, bass fishing. Lewis Smith Lake? Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I have to have five weeks off coming towards the end of July. So it might what, work out what, perfect. What was the name we'll of that down. lake? I've never heard of it. Smith Lake. Smith, S-M-I-T-H. Not Smythe? I mean, I said Smith. <laughs> <laughs> that be uh, Jeff Thomas, the guy that rigged that place? No. Uh, fucking Smith Lake, dude. Uh, pull it up on Google. You'll find it. There's four of them in Alabama. <laughs> oh, fucking four Smith Lakes, my That's man. all right. We'll, we'll, just, we'll just call you whenever it's time to rent one. That's right. We would just show up. Lewis Smith Lake. It is area of 21,000 acres. It's a man-made lake by the uh, Department of uh, Alabama. Uh Alabama Power actually made the lake because they got a they got a dam on there that that, that generates power, That's and cool. so the the lake was actually a a man made lake. It's only five and a half hours from me. Shit, get in the car. Oh, I'll see you in the morning. Okay, like. Oh shit! I might just have to, I might just have Sorry. to do that one uh, one weekend. Just go down there for so a, so so, so, yeah. so it's it's. It, it's smithlake.info is what it is. Smithlake.info. Hey, honey, do you want to do you want to go to Alabama? There's a really nice lake that you can go fishing at. And swimming. And swimming. No alligators. No alligators. Got, <laughs> Skinny dipping and alligators. What? I've I've no, got no, 40. no alligators. I've got 47 jokes about Alabama, just so you know. 
I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> I believe William Fellers is from Alabama. <laughs> I, I, I got a, I got a question about those uh, cool um, those cool uh, cabins that you got uh, access to for three hundred dollars uh, a week. Um, is that something that uh, would have to do um, like a week before this happens, or or how does that work? Yeah, I think they need to to call in and, res and re reserve them. You know what I mean? Right. So how many cabins are, the better, are available? Right? That that I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't know, but their phone number is 205-388-0003. Again, right. that's 205-388-0003. You can put that in your uh, comments section whenever we do the drawing or whatever. Uh, but it's called Lakeshore Cabins and RV. Yeah, and they do have a website also. Oh yeah, check it out. Let me see. Can you can you see that screen? No, sir. No. Hold on. Let me let me uh see how I can make make show my computer screen. I might have to give them a call. Uh, well, let me get rid of this background. Uh, hold on. Uh, virtual background. None. There we go. There's one of the cabins right there, guys. Hmm. Check that out. Oh, nice. You know what I mean? They have. Do they have kitchen and uh, a toilet? They, some of them does. Yes, that's what I hear. That's what nice I hear. little picture. <laughs> um. Yeah. <laughs> All we need is a place to sleep and pass out after we get done drinking. Is it? Is there a place? Is there a place to plug in a Tesla? I'm just yeah, asking for, I'm asking oh, for oh, a friend. I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> I don't know. Tell your friend to fucking bring a generator. <laughs> It'll be, that would be sacrilegious for a Tesla. You, you, you hear that, buddy? <laughs> I saw a YouTube video where a guy was pulling a generator behind his Tesla somewhere. I, I think someone tried that. It doesn't work. It doesn't what they call work. hybrid. That's what they call an idiot. I mean, look, look at the, look at the, right there. I mean, you can't get no further on the fucking lake. And look at the, look at up down there, right on the lake shore, dude. That's nice. Pretty sweet. Fuck, so I'm gonna for for a weekend. Get away what from kind of, What what kind of drive or how far away are you from the uh, from the cabins? Uh, ten minutes, fifteen oh, is the most. Okay. According to their website, they have six uh, cabins. They have what? Yeah, look at that. That's nice. According to their website, six they cabins? have six cabins. Six cabins. Correct. Yeah. So I guess we all need to make reservations and uh, meet up this weekend. Yeah, this weekend ain't going to work. Yeah, this weekend isn't going to work. I'm already camping. But I did see bunk beds, so, Sean, that means you're not going to try to spoon with me, just so you know. You got the top bunk. Uh, <laughs> all, 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 all of them have full bathrooms, though. Sean insane. Oh. AC and with the kitchen. Jeanette. Yeah, they got everything. That's pretty cool. All you need to bring is some bedding. It says. Yeah, I think that's with all of them. We're we're going to be going uh, camping at a lake near here, and then one of those cabins that are similar to to that right there. And we're going to go. I forgot how much it's going to be, uh, but we're just going to go there for half a week. So my my wife you. camps like that. She will camp in a camper cabin, but that's it. No tents. So I think I could actually bring her to to, to Alabama. 
Hey, bring her and we'll put her ass up in the air. She has no desire to do such a thing. None. Tell her who cares. We're still going to put her in the air. I, I tell her that, and she won't. She won't make it. <laughs> I, th I think they call that kidnapping. Hey, look, look. I will put her up in an airplane. Take her up in an airplane. She don't have to go in a paraglider. Oh, she she might do that. Yeah, we'll take her up in an airplane. What kind of what kind of plane you got? Uh, it's either a uh, Ronica Champ, or we'll put her up in a little Cessna 150, 172. I mean, whatever whatever she wants to get in a breezy. She might do it. What you got to do is put her in the champ, and then tell her to find the flap lever. <laughs> right where's where it at there isn't one uh, or, or, or find the trim wheel you know where a trim wheel is in the champ right honestly the very I'm, top go fly a champ next week for the first time really awesome yep. they're awesome airplanes you'll really enjoy it I've got a lot of time in a champ Oh yeah, oh yeah. I guess we need to look at Kevin can fly's new, uh, new, new, um, new paramotor that he got. I'm uh, almost done. I'm pretty close. All right, can't wait to see it, man. There's Rod doing it alone yet. He sent me a picture of it all wrapped up. He goes, "What? What do you think this is?" And I was like, "A, a dead body." And does <laughs> <laughs> okay. look like it? No, let's let's see it. There Definitely it is. green. Woo! So far, I still got to put the air box and the prop on, right. and then put fuel in it. But so what far, the harness is on. What's that? What brain does that cage? It's an HSCOM Condor. Oh, that's a good. That's a good. That's a good. Uh, you like it? Well, hey, I'm just putting it together now, so I'll find out here shortly. I got you. Are you going to fly tonight, aren't you? Yeah, you going to fly tonight? It depends on the weather. It depends on the weather. Yeah, at Kevin's time right now, it's like noon, so Yeah, 12, fly alive tonight. Blue skies, blue skies. I went this morning, and I don't know if you guys saw, I posted on the Paramotor Nation, but I flew with uh, Harley Milne before he took off to go back to California, so... I got to have the last flight on his adventure before he went home. Nice. So I'm nice. pretty stoked on that one. Sure. Guys, I'll be right back. Don't go nowhere. Don't you be going nowhere on me. <laughs> Trying to find a video here if I can find it. Let's see. Yeah, Rodman, do you have any uh, video of your students flying at your class? Yeah, I'm trying to find one now. One of them landed the other day. Uh, Trying to see. How long, how long have you been training? Having your classes. How long have I been training? Yeah, it sounds like you've been doing this for quite a while. Uh, started last week. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Today was really my first day. I've just been posting for a long time. That's right. Like Shondora. Hey man, Shondora finally got in the air. I'm proud of him. I know. But man, was he posting a long time before he flew. Well, 
he was he was a PPG lover. Now he's a PPG flyer and lover. So there you hey, go. All the credit, all the credit to sharing the love. As far as I'm concerned, like I said earlier. Oh, I'll probably I probably like think, think I remember everybody, when Gene was still. Uh, I think everybody Gene was the same way. He he talked about it for almost a year before he actually flew. I think. I remember well, that. It's it's one of those deals, as we all know. You know, it's it's a super inexpensive sport, and it just takes one quick check, and you're good to go. That's oh, right. Yeah. That's the cheapest aviation you ever do in your life. Yeah, well, but it's not the cheapest thing. Well, said, yes, it is the cheapest form of aviation, but it's still aviation, and it's not cheap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what? For the cost of a Harley, you can be flying. That's right. Right. I think it's a hell but of a how can fun. you put a price on that experience, though? Honestly, there's no way to put a price on it. The, the amount of money I've spent just on toes and plane rides for jumping out, it's like this is so much cheaper. Cool. Am I still here? Yeah, you're still here. No, you're somewhere okay. else that you're really speaking. Well, well, I, well I didn't see my I, – I, I got the YouTube pulled up on my computer, and I didn't see my – Yeah, your video my, went away. Uh, my video. Yeah, I didn't see the video. Reason I was asking. We get the little icon. Yeah, let me go back here and. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm still learning this fucking thing here. There I think everybody is. There's only a few of us that have the uh, the thing mastered. Yeah, right. Gotcha. Not even back yet. Let's see. Virtual background. Got her. Uh, oh, there we go. I'm back. Ooh, I think. Nice so that's Miss She is. Uh, I've trained. I've been training her and her husband. Um, she she has been doing exceptionally well. She hasn't flown yet, but she's going to soon. Uh, let me see how to. Oh yeah, check that out. There we go. So she's been learning. She's been doing pretty good. She's uh, she's like five foot one or two. She's short and little and tiny, but she's doing a good job. She's doing gonna very fly well. a black bull, I'm sure, right? Yeah, I'm actually I'm gonna put a uh, put her on a flat top. If she was hitting the frame, and I guess you answered it. Well, yeah, because I mean, I don't think she could even pick it up. I'm your uncle Cooper, and I care about three things. So y'all see this one here? Let me change it over. Picture over a little bit. That's a small motor there. So that's that summer. Yeah, that's a big girl. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I posted on one of the on one of the parents. Yeah, yeah, she's a tiny little thing. She she's a sixteen year old. I taught her to fly. Uh, she comes out sometimes and bark orders to students. Uh, she she's real. She can be intimidating sometimes, and she'll be she'll be she'll come out and tell a student, you know, or something, and she'll be like, uh, "Well, I didn't tell you to do it that way. I told you to do it this way." And so she comes hey. out and helps me sometimes. Uh, but she flies. She's sixteen. 
she was my first student this year that I put up in the air. I didn't charge her or her family. Uh, she was a freebie, and uh, I just enjoyed being able to teach her. And, and she learned. She learned fast. What motor is that? That is. See it right there. That was a solo two ten on a special frame. I say somebody built that frame as a homemade frame. Yeah, it's like really small. Right. Yeah, I think it's like a yeah. like a Walter Walter PPG frame. From years oh, ago, there's a guy. Yeah. Yeah, that's a Walter, I think. Is that made from Australia? I mean, I know a Walter no, in Australia. Th- let me tell you. That was that, that was made out of a, a a Sky Cruiser frame. I think they shortened it and, and made everything smaller, but it's a real small little frame. Uh, believe it or not, guys, I, I've had a hit of last two or three weeks of, of short, short pilots. I mean, we're talking five foot and, and under, five two, five wow. three at the most. Yeah, so, that just means they, you got room to grow on you. Well, here's a here's a problem with it. You know, I mean, the smallest wing I have is a twenty three meter. Uh, I, the factory, the factory doesn't have any 21 meters available right now, so I can't get a 21 for students. So that 23 is kind of big for them, little people. You know what I mean? So, uh, but they still fly it, and they still do good. It doesn't take them long to get off the ground. Um, Mark, you're being awful quiet. We ain't heard nothing from you yet. Who me? Am I even up? <laughs> Yeah, I guess I'm not muted. Yeah, I was gonna say I've got a uh, Sky Cruiser frame myself. It's one of the frames that I have, and um, actually, I really like it. it it's very light. Um, my other one's a, a older Parajet frame that I have. <laughs> so I'm going from like 76 pounds down to you know like 40 something or whatever it is. Huge That's difference. what I'm doing right now. I got you. So I, I've been I've been buying a lot of the mini plane frames up from people around the country. Uh, I've got a couple actually in, in mini plane harnesses. Uh, I've got a PSF PSF model mini plane harness. Anybody's looking for one it's with the J bars? Um, brand spanking new. I just don't. I just don't fly students on those kind of harnesses. I like the uh, weight shift myself. Yeah, me too. My my uh, Sky Cruiser's got the J bars on it, but uh, I picked it up used. And that's what it had. But I like the weight shift. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I think I think a weight shift is a more more comfortable ride, in my opinion. Uh, well, it's I like a lot the, better. You could still stow your brakes off, you know, and then you could just cross your legs when you want to turn. That's right. I, I kind of miss that. Or, re, or reach up and grab a D line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, probably probably ninety percent of my flying, I don't have the brakes in my hand anyway. Yeah, I'm more of a cross country guy. I'd rather do it that way too. So, um, back to Kite harnesses, guys. What are you guys using? Ozone Oxygen One. Blue blue collar um, safety harness, um, yellow. <laughs> All right. Anybody else? Artist, one from Aviator PPG. Okay, sorry, you spent your money there. Next, I'm running the mini plane harness, and uh, I've got an APCO on the uh, Parajet. Now I'm talking about for kiting. 
Epco Coyote harness, or I mean, I mean, what's your what's your Coyote harnesses? Oh, I've got yeah. a ozone oxygen. It's actually a, a a regular harness. It's not a Coyote harness. I got you. I got you. So free fly uh, harness. Free fly. Yeah, I, I I particularly like the uh, the uh, Epco um, SLT. Yeah, the MK threes. Let me see if I can get this thing coming around here. I don't know if you can see it or not. Let me uh, let me get away. Let me get let me get my virtual background. Yeah, the, out of the way. virtual background's on. It takes everything out. There you go. So I, I like I like these. Uh, of course, you can see the see the see the price tag. Uh, that's pretty expensive, but uh, I didn't see the price tag. Yeah, I didn't either. I'm they're three. They're three. hundred dollars. But but I, I like I like the harness. Uh, I buy these for students to kite in, and I probably got a trailer full of them. I think ten, yeah, ten go, or ten plus. Yeah, go first. Yes. Yeah. That's they're, a, they're that's very a decent nice. harness. For I mean, that's a great harness if you're gonna fly at all. I, I like the Vortex Aero kiting harnesses. That's what I use for my students because they're really super lightweight. The only thing is they're not meant to fly at all. Right. I can actually do towing with these harnesses, so that's why I like them as well. And what are they called? APCO First or the APCO M3, MK3s. This, this is the blue collar uh, special right here. Oh, you got to take off my virtual background. Lamo. <laughs> Oh man, that's what I that's what I kite with, cause uh, I'm blue collar. I spend all my money on school and equipment. I don't. What am I looking at? Yeah, I don't. I'm trying to find it too. I don't see it. What are we oh, looking for? There it is. Oh, there it that is. thing. Yeah. It's just basic. Hey, Linda. Hi guys. Oh, Linda, hey. oh, I gotta go. Linda's Linda, here. Linda. <laughs> Right, the queen has arrived. So these EPCO first harnesses are flyable and towable? Yeah, it's a free yes. flight harness. So you can free but flight it, it if you have, wanted to. But it doesn't have any butt protection, right? Who the hell needs butt protection? When you fall on your butt? <laughs> I, I think that's the uh, common common way to land if you're from Ohio. Oh, that's all right. Hey, oh, I, made, I made a perfect oh, landing in Florida. Hey. Talking butt landers. You're going to pick on me, Sean. <laughs> the airline from... Uh, Sean? You mean Shane? Or Shane. Yeah, the one that sells them. He's the main dealer for them, for those opcos first. Here's a perfect uh, landing. Well, I like them. They're, they're good. They're good. Uh, they're good harnesses. It don't seem that heavy either. Six months. Put it on my back and see how it feels. That's perfect. I, I, slid, for, down, I slid down on my I, leg a little bit. I'd hate, for I'd hate to see a bad landing if that's perfect. <laughs> what the fuck was that? I didn't um, flare hard enough. He, he's he's teaching. Hey, he's teaching. I just want to know one thing, dude. Right here in this setting that you're in, 
Do you think the FAA say, would say you're in a congested area or not? <laughs> I was over an open was road. Were you in a congested same. airspace, uh, congested people? I mean, good God almighty. It was slightly congested. It was worse <laughs> later in the day when everybody look, look, at, look, at, look at all the flair he had. Can you rewind that? Yeah. <laughs> Can you rewind that? Hold on. I can wonder he lived so hard. Info, like, rewind people? that back. Rewind install, back. Install I'm foot into that landing the, real quick. Oh, uh, here we go. UFO yeah, yeah, paramotor go. class 101. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go back. I'll tell you when to stop. But keep going. Keep going. Oh, my God. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Stop right there. Right there. Look, look, look at all that fucking brake you had pulled. No wonder you landed so hard. Wow. I, I thought half of your yeah. I thought half of your wing was folded in there. I thought you fixed and collapsed that half. Look at that. Look at all that brake you got pulled. He was trying to do laundry. He was look folding it up. Wow. Was, no wonder you landed so hard. He was scratching his butt up there, apparently. Hey. <laughs> Holy cow, Batman. If it hadn't been for all that wind coming off the ocean there, you would have flat landed on your ass pretty hard. Right there, pulling, dude. I, mean, I was pulling brake on it. She just didn't want to slow down. 